2: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Well, hello, everybody. It is just going to be me today, Keegan, writing solo, despite what our intro just said. I definitely took that intro from another episode that we've done in the past. Madigan, unfortunately, is not feeling well today. And... As we have always said on this podcast, it is very important to prioritize your mental and physical health. Your work will always be there for you at a later date. So, you know, she's like, I'm really not feeling well. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. I've got it. But that means that you are stuck with me today to tell you the news. So I apologize in advance uh, that you have to listen to me talking at you for. 30 minutes or so. We'll see if we even make it that long. But I'm sure that Mads will be back with us next week, or here's hoping at least. (laughs) Okay, let's jump right into the news. So this was actually a story that I had seen on Instagram. I feel like it kind of was all over. I know a lot of people in my personal life, uh, in my personal Instagram stories that I scroll through every day were posting about this. And When I first saw it, I actually sent it to Madigan because I feel like maybe I haven't had all of the naivete kind of beaten out of me at this point um, because it just seemed so outrageous to me that I wasn't sure that it was real. And of course, I did some light Googling and confirmed that it was, in fact, real, uh, which just continues to diminish my hope every single day. So, okay, let's jump right in. Some of y'all may remember Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse was the 17-year-old from Chicago who took it upon himself to obtain an illegal weapon and despite not being old enough to openly carry a gun, decided to patrol the streets of Southeast Wisconsin. I believe that his mother actually drove him from Chicago to Wisconsin um, to counter-protest. I'm not even sure. He, He says that he went there to go and protect protect the officers it's unclear Um, really it just kind of seems like somebody with a hero complex who felt like this was their moment to shine Uh, but he ended up on the streets of Kenosha amid the turmoil surrounding the shooting of Jacob Blake who was a black man who was shot by a white police officer in August of 2020 and that was right in the middle of the uprisings of that summer of 2020 right after the murder of George Floyd and in the midst of all of those protests. And while doing this, while quote unquote patrolling the streets, he fatally shot two people and injured a third person. So he has been charged with felony homicide related to the shooting and killing of two men, Anthony M. Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum, and felony attempted homicide for allegedly wounding Gage Grosskreutz, as well as possession of a dangerous weapon while under the age of 18, which is a misdemeanor offense. So in a pre-trial hearing, because we are getting closer and closer to his actual trial date, um, and jury selection is going to begin on November 1st. So in this pre-trial hearing, the judge in the case, who's a man named Bruce Schroeder, banned the prosecution from referring to the victims in this case as victims. Uh, He literally said that they would not be allowed to call them that they are not allowed to refer to the victims as victims. He will, however, allow them to be referred to as rioters, looters, and arsonists. So the prosecution tried to block the ability for the defense to use those terms when speaking about these men. And the judge essentially shut that down immediately and said that they should be allowed to be called rioters, looters, and arsonists because those activities were taking place at the protests that they were attending. The assistant district attorney, Thomas Binger, pushed back on this, arguing that the judge was setting up a double standard. Schroeder, the judge, told the ADA that victim was a, quote, loaded, loaded word And when Binger pushed back again, saying that identifying them as looters, rioters, or arsonists was as loaded, if not more loaded, than the word victim, the judge, again, shut it down. Wouldn't hear any of it. So there was a CNN legal analyst named Arela Martin. Um, She called the judge's decision incomprehensible. Quote, even if these individuals who were shot were involved in rioting and looting, the evidence... What we hear to date is that Rittenhouse didn't know that. He didn't have that information when he pulled the trigger and shot these three individuals, killing two. So his state of mind is what's on trial. And the fact that he didn't know that they were involved in this activity makes that evidence irrelevant. It's absolutely irrelevant to this case, whether or not they were participating in those activities, which I don't actually know if they were or not, but he shot his weapon essentially into the dark. What we had here was a frightened 17-year-old who illegally armed himself and went into a dangerous situation, got spooked, and shot. And the result of that was two people losing their lives. Okay? Like, it's just wild to me that we're in this situation At all, you know, and all it says to me is that the judge is extraordinarily biased, that the judge has already made up their mind, has already kind of planted their flag on which side of the culture war they want to stand on, because trust. That is what this is about. I don't know why we would be going to bat for someone like Kyle Rittenhouse otherwise, um, except for that this did become part of that culture war issue, part of that culture war conversation. um, Black Lives Matter activists versus back the blue activists, essentially. And, And people have kind of painted Kyle Rittenhouse as this patron saint of the thin blue line, this was just a good kid who was trying to do the right thing um, and look at where he ended up and isn't that unfortunate. And we saw that happen pretty much immediately as soon as he was arrested. A lot of um, very right-leaning even Christian or evangelical groups did a lot of crowdsourcing and crowdfunding to pay for not only his bail, but I believe also the cost of his defense. And we also saw a lot of conservative celebrities, for lack of a better term, or just conservative um, people who used to be celebrities kind of backing him very publicly and defending his actions very publicly with no consideration whatsoever for the lives that were lost in this case. Martin did go on to say, so that's Ariva Martin, who's the legal analyst for CNN, went on to say that rioter and looter were loaded and pejorative terms that suggested the victims deserved what they got. They deserved to be shot and even deserved to die because they were on the quote-unquote wrong side of this situation according to a certain group of people and that means that whatever happened to them they deserve to have that happen whereas they can't apply that same logic to Kyle Rittenhouse saying like hey if he's where he is is that not a direct consequence of his own actions his own decision to illegally purchase a firearm drive to another state and involve himself in this business That ended the lives of two people. Should he not have to suffer the consequences for his own actions in this situation? I just it feels so hypocritical to me because I I always feel like it's, hey, you know, you have to pay for the consequences of your actions. Actions have consequences until it's something that you don't like until they're on your side of an argument. It's just absolutely wild to me. But I think that we should all ready ourselves for the possibility or the likelihood that Kyle Rittenhouse will not be convicted of these crimes. Along these same lines earlier this month, the DOJ decided that they would not seek charges against the officer who shot Jacob Blake in the first place. Again, Jacob Blake is the man who was shot in Kenosha that sparked these protests in the first place. So the U.S. Department of Justice launched its own investigation days after that shooting, and the agency just announced earlier this month that a team of prosecutors from its Civil Rights Division and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Milwaukee reviewed the police reports, witness statements, dispatch logs, and videos of the incident and determined there wasn't enough evidence to prove that the officer used excessive force or violated Blake's federal rights, even though Jacob Blake is now paralyzed from the waist down from this incident. So I just really think that the likelihood of Kyle Rittenhouse being convicted is not very high. Uh, If anything, I think the best that we can hope for is a mistrial in in this case due to the fact that it does appear as though the judge is extremely biased. But given that this judge is the longest serving current judge in the state of Wisconsin, I really don't see that happening. I feel like even though this judge has had a lot of controversy in the past, he has definitely been very vindictive in the past. He has admitted to handing down sentences that were meant to embarrass or demean defendants in the past. Um, But he is still on the bench. And I think that that says a lot. I really don't think that he is going to be taken off of this case, but I could be surprised. And I think that that would be probably the best outcome. I think if he's not removed from this case, uh, the likelihood of a conviction um, is pretty low because he's going to let a lot of things slide. He also has already intervened in the way that the jury selection is being made. uh, And I just really feel like we are going to see Kyle Rittenhouse get away with this. So everybody just prepare yourselves for that. I know we shouldn't be surprised by that at this point, but, um, you know, I always have hope, always hope for the best. You
0: can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals?
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, so moving on to another story. I really, really don't want this podcast to become a Bash Texas podcast, but listen— In order for that to happen, I'm going to need Texas to stop messing up consistently. (laughs) The NAACP has urged athletes in major sports to consider not signing with professional teams in Texas in response to the state's voting and abortion laws and its ban on mask requirements. So leaders of the NAACP issued an open letter on Thursday to players associations for the NBA, NFL, WNBA, MLB and NHL. The NAACP leaders called Texas laws a blueprint by legislators to violate constitutional rights for all and asked free agents to reconsider moving their families to a state that is, quote, not safe for anyone. The NAACP president and CEO Derek Johnson said in the statement When all else fails, we must look within and answer the call to protect the basic human rights and democratic values which are fundamental to this country. Professional athletes serve as some of our country's greatest role models, and we need them to join us to fight for democracy. If you are a woman, avoid Texas. If you are black, avoid Texas. If you want to lower your chances of dying from the coronavirus, avoid Texas." So we've already discussed the Texas abortion law as well as Greg Abbott's ban on vaccine requirements, but just last month, he also signed a bill that would enact several restrictions on voting. So the provisions include banning Texans from registering to vote using a post office box as their address, banning drive-through voting, and restricting applications for a mail-in ballot for medical reasons. So... As we know, any anytime access to voting is limited or restricted, it has been proven to disproportionately affect black and brown communities and also poor communities. I mean, it is not only racist, it is also classist. Um, <laughs> there should not be anything that stands between your constitutional right to exercise your right to vote. You should be able to exercise that right freely uh, No matter what. And putting those roadblockers in the way, they are always going to affect poor people and minority communities more than they're going to affect anything else. Rich people, people of a certain socioeconomic class are always going to be able to vote. They're always going to have access. Um, It is always going to affect poor and disenfranchised communities. That's just the way it goes. Texas NAACP President Gary Bledsoe called what's happening in Texas reprehensible and says that Texans must stand together and, quote, use all of the tools at their disposal to protect human rights. So I think going after the sports industry in maybe our most sports-obsessed state is a brilliant move by the NAACP, especially since we know that the majority of professional athletes, at least when it comes to basketball and football, are black. (laughs) So I sincerely hope that threatening their economy will help to move the needle on some of these issues. I really think that that is the only thing that is going to affect anything. I think businesses threatening to leave the state over their COVID response uh, might be effective. I know that Southwest has considered that as well as some other airlines that are based out of Texas. And then I think honestly, hitting them where it hurts when it comes to sports, specifically football teams, Uh, we're in the middle of football season right now, I think is a very wise decision. We will see If anyone actually kind of follows through on this, but I do think it was a brilliant, brilliant move on behalf of the NAACP. And really, man, just Greg Abbott is (sighs) disappointing, just disappointing. I am so sorry to all of our listeners from Texas, because some of you have reached out to us and... um, (laughs) Because I'm always worried that we're going to be offending you with these conversations, but we have had several people reach out and say, no, we know we know it's bad and it sucks. And I feel so bad for you that you have to deal with this just absolute clown um, of a governor every day. All right. But I wanted to end on kind of a bit of a positive note. And this was something that I had noticed a couple of weeks ago. I don't actually follow Jonah Hill on Instagram, but it came up. A few other people had posted about it. And I thought that it was a really important conversation to have. I wish Madigan was here to have this conversation because I know that conversations around body positivity, uh, are very close to her heart as well. But Jonah Hill released a statement on his Instagram where he said, I know you all mean well, but I kindly ask that you do not comment on my body good or bad. I want to politely let you know it's not helpful and doesn't feel good. Much respect. And I really feel like having a man In Hollywood specifically, make this comment um, is very powerful. He has said in the past in interviews that I've read that it really hurt him as a young person, as kind of like a, a teenager or a person in his early 20s, whenever he was coming up in Hollywood to have people make comments negatively about his body or his appearance. And then as that appearance changed and as his body has changed over the years in different roles, people will still make comments that they think maybe are positive comments about his body. But he has stated now, he has put it into words that he would prefer that no one make comments about his body. And I think that that goes for positive quote unquote positive comments or negative comments. There's no reason to be talking about somebody else's body because you don't know what their relationship with their body is like, and you could be saying something. I think oftentimes people will talk about weight loss as though it's this very positive thing, or if you've made changes to your body that they think are more appealing or attractive, they will comment on them as though it's a positive thing, uh, but you don't know what that person's relationship is like with their body, and you could be doing more damage um, than good in that. Situation. So I really love that he put that into words. Please just stop talking about my body, period. Uh, and I think that that kind of goes for everybody. I think that we just need to kind of keep it, keep other people's bodies out of our mouths, figuratively. <laughs> uh, also, literally, if it's without consent. But Also, I think it's very, very cool that this is coming from a man as well, because although I feel like people talk a lot more about women's bodies in the public, and that's been going on forever, this constant nitpicking about women's bodies, I feel like we kind of expect boys and men to not have their feelings hurt by talking about their... Physical appearance or their bodies, especially within the realm of comedy, where we see them as being kind of like self deprecating and that they should be able to take it. Um, But it does have a negative effect, not only from people like Jonah Hill now saying that, I know that Chris Farley also had issues with that that deeply affected his mental health. So I just think it's a very important conversation to have, and I'm grateful to Jonah Hill for starting that conversation. I think that that's very, very cool. Well, that is all that I have for you today. This is a little bit of a shorter episode. I feel like I barely breathed trying to get all this information out to you. I'm not used to doing this by myself. It's harder than I thought it would be. (laughs) But if you have any news stories that you would like us to cover, please, please reach out to us. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram where you can direct message us at angry neighborhood feminist. We also have a Facebook business and group page so you can go ahead and engage with the other listeners on the group page or rate and review us on the business page. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That actually does help us out a ton and we love reading your reviews. So I think that's it, question mark. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on.